Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I'm excited about this weekend because I'm starting a series. Uh, it's called Life with the Holy Spirit. And this series is all about this incredible truth. God, who has always been on the outside throughout history, once Jesus died for our sins and was raised from the dead, he now lives inside Christians. And, and he wants to help us with every area of our life. And that is really, really cool. And I'll tell you a story, uh, an event in my life. When I was a young believer, young Christian, I sat where you're sitting today, and my pastor at the time was doing a series on prayer, and he convinced me that I should pray. I mean, he did a great job. The scriptures were there, and I, I decided after the first week, I decided I'm going to get up early tomorrow like he recommended, and I'm going to pray. And this is before cell phones, and, and uh, they weren't invented yet, and had just an old alarm clock, and I put the time in a half hour early, and uh, I kept hitting the snooze, man. And I never woke up, and I felt kind of bad, but I thought, I'll catch it tonight. And then that night, I was too tired, so I didn't pray. And then I thought, I'll do it tomorrow. And then I did the snooze the next morning, and I knew I should pray, but I didn't have that want to where it's like it was really something I had to do or I wanted to do. And I went through the week, and I, um, I just felt kind of bad because um, I wasn't doing what the Bible said to do. And then I sat the next weekend and heard another message on prayer, and then I really began to feel self-condemned. And I tried again the next week and never really got up to pray. The best I was doing was whisper prayers, like, God, get me a parking place when I get to the, the mall. And um, I was good at that one, and God strike them with lightning because they treated me so mean. Really good with that one. Uh, God helped me. I was good with all those kind of prayers, but I wasn't praying. And, and I was so self-condemned that I kind of just thought, I'm not even going to try to deal with prayer. I don't, I don't seem to be able to do it. And I think every one of us in this room has areas of the Bible where we see God wants us to do something, but we're not able to do it, or we've tried and we keep failing. And we're going to learn in this series that it's the Holy Spirit that will give us the ability and help us to do those types of things. So um, let me show you a scripture. It's in Philippians chapter 2, and this is what changed my life when I learned it. It's Philippians 2 and verses 12 and 13, and they read this way. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. I was doing that. I was trying, but I was failing. But it's the next verse that changed my life. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, remember when I first saw this, I kind of thought, God, these two don't go together. I mean, one, you're telling me to work hard. I'm putting effort forth. But then the other one, you're telling me God's going to do the work inside me. And I didn't understand that part. And then God opened up my eyes to this incredible truth it's such a beautiful truth. And what he showed me was that I have to put some effort for it. I have to say I want to do it, but it's going to be God in me that gives me even the desire and or the ability to do what God wants me to do. So I did what I know so many of you in here have done. Those of you that are in here that aren't Christian, 
could be atheist, could be another religion. This is one of the reasons Christianity is so exciting because God lives inside of us and he wants to help us. And, and that is really, really cool. So here's what I did. I said, God, I believe this scripture that you do a work in me. Put a desire in me to pray. And I said, God, put a desire in me uh, to want to wake up in the morning and help me to pray. And it didn't happen the next day, but not too long after, I began to actually think about, I really want to pray. I, I want to pray. And, and I actually began to get up and pray. And then I joined a prayer group at my church. And then that wasn't enough. So I thought, I'm going to join another prayer group. And this guy that didn't want to get out of bed to pray is now praying. But God put a desire in me for that. And once I saw that God was able to help and do things in my life by the Holy Spirit, it changed everything. Uh, just another example. Uh, when I was a young Christian, I accepted Christ at 19. I was sexually active all through junior high and high school. And then at 19, I accepted Christ. And it's funny, the day after, I, I knew I needed to get rid of pornography. But then the battle began. And I'm looking at scriptures. I'm in church. And the pastor is saying that you shouldn't have sex until you're married. And I'm like, oh, that's a long time. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm actually just talking to God. I'm saying, you know, supposedly you created sex and you should know how fun it is. And, and to tell me I'm not allowed to do it is really cruel. And, and I was having those kind of conversations. And, and then I remember, you know, after the prayer thing, I remembered and I just said, God, you're going to have to put a desire in me to be pure because I don't want to be pure right now. That's the last thing I want. You're going to have to put a desire. And I love you, Jesus, but I, I, I don't want to wait to have sex. And, um, and you're going to have to change me. And it's amazing what God did. He began to put these desires in me to purify myself and to just wait until I got married. And I, I waited five years. I met Gina, got married, and I was able to do it. Now, for all the guys in here, I still had to fight off temptations, but I was able to do it, and I wanted to do it. How many of you can agree it's a big difference to want to pray? It's a big difference to want to be pure as opposed to trying to do it on your own or having someone condemn you that if you don't do it, you're in trouble. I, I agree with the scriptures. We should pray. I agree with the scriptures. We should be pure. Uh, sex is for marriage. I agree with that, but if God doesn't help you do it, you're going to struggle but it's nice to know that God can help us do something. So I want you to walk out of this simple lesson just remembering God lives in you to help you. Uh, he lives inside you to help you. He helped me with the prayer. He helped me with so many things in my life, and I'll share some of them in this series. He helped me want to be pure. And for a guy that was 20 to want to be pure, that's absolutely, that's more of a miracle than someone being healed and raised from the dead. I'm telling you, that's a miracle, guys. And only God can do those kind of things inside of people. He changes us, and that's absolutely the most wonderful thing. So for those of you that are uh, visiting, and for all of us, just to let you know where I'm headed, just a quick overview. Uh, in this series, we're going to discover the Holy Spirit lives in us to do, number one, lesson one, that's today, help us. Lesson two, next week, to help us understand the Bible. And I will show you some things that will change your life forever. Uh, to where when you read the Bible, you can begin to understand it better than you have ever understood it. And lesson three, God lives in us to help us know what direction to take with our lives. You know, I'm pretty settled that I'm to be a pastor. That's no longer a question. But whatever we do, there's forks in the road all the time. Like I, I have forks in the road where I have to, 
Do I go this way or that way? Then I'm always asking this question, is it God? Is it me? Is it the enemy? Who, who's putting this in my heart to do? Who's dealing? And, and, and I've, learned, I've learned how to figure that out. Can't say I'm perfect, but I've learned how to figure it out. I'll show you how to figure that out. Holy Spirit's in you to help you know what direction to go with your life. And then lesson four is he wants to help you become pure and threw a little thing in there with the story to talk about that. And then lesson five I want to dedicate to the fact he's in you to help you endure difficult times. And if we live on this earth, we're all going to have really, really tough times. And he's in there to give us the strength and ability to walk through them. So that's what this series is all about. Um, the Holy Spirit's so cool. I love what the Bible says about him here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Now God, at the end of the verse, is the Father. Then you have God, the Son, Jesus. Then you have God, the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches us that it's one God, three persons, and they're all equal. Uh, they all have the same abilities and powers. And, and so uh, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is at his right hand. Jesus walked on the earth for three year, plus years. But now God the Holy Spirit's not only in the earth. Did you see what that scripture said? He lives inside of you. Your body is his temple. The word temple means the holy dwelling place. So when you read our Old Testament, the Christian Old Testament, you see these temples that God had them build. And uh, I love the temple or tabernacle of Moses. It's such a cool tabernacle. And the Holy Spirit, God's presence is represented by the Ark of the Covenant, piece of furniture. It was put in the third room, the back room. There was three rooms. Every person could go into the front room. Everybody could go there. And the priest went into the second room. And only the high priest could go before God's presence and it was once a year, and he had to go through the ceremonial washings. And that's why in the Old Testament, if you see someone come close to the Ark of the Covenant, they would drop dead. It wasn't that God was mad at them. Like we, you know, Indiana Jones makes it kind of look like, you know, God struck him with lightning, he was mad. But it's just that a human being cannot, unless Jesus washes us and cleanses us, we cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. Now, that's old. Now you and I have accepted Jesus, and this is so cool. When I grew up, I thought God was just in the building, the church building. So consequently, I'd cuss before I went into church. I'd fight with my brothers. I'd do all kinds of things. But when I walked in church, I changed my behavior because I thought God's in here. But as soon as I got out, I went back to crazy Joe. And, and so... Uh, I saw God as just being in the building. Well, God's presence is in build, our building, and, 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 and God, you know, he touches people and ministers to people in here. But the Bible says he now lives in us. So when you and I leave, God's no longer here. He's where you're at. And that's really important for you and I to understand. And when we begin to understand that, it changes everything. God lives on the inside of you hard for this brain to figure it out, but it's true. And uh, it's not weird, and that's important. If you've come to Believers any length of time, you've listened on TV any length of time, this is really, really one of my pet peeves. It's my bandwagon. You can be a Christian and have the Holy Spirit and interact with Him and not be weird. 
And that's important. This is not weird. And I remember when I was a young boy, I saw weird. Uh, I, I love the show Lost in Space. And those of you that are my age, you remember Lost in Space. It, it aired from 1965 to 68. So I was 7 and 65, 10 and 68. And just a young guy. And you see the Robinson family behind me, Mr. and Mrs. Robinson. And then Will's in front of mom and dad there. He, I connected with him. He was th- like this genius scientific boy. And uh, I really liked him. Then you have Judy. She's blonde. And Don is her boyfriend. And then you have the other kid, Penny. And uh, she's the brunette. And she had this crazy monkey-looking alien creature that was really cool. And I loved this show. Watched it all the time. But they had an episode where the symbiotic alien entered into the dad. And they didn't know it at first. But we knew it. I'm watching. I don't know if I'm 7 or 10. Somewhere there. And, and I knew it. And when they weren't looking, his eyes would light up, and you know the alien was inside him. This alien made him do crazy things, took control of him, and it was scaring me out of my mind. But Will, being the genius he is, he figured it all out, and he, he knew that if that alien went into person, it left a scar on the back of their neck. And, and I'll, I'll never forget the moment in the episode where he looked, and he saw the scar on his dad's neck, and that's when he knew my dad has an alien creature on the inside of him. And you could see the look of fear on his face, but the look of fear on my face was way worse. Then I had nightmares for weeks. I had nightmares that my dad had an alien in him. (laughs) That alien was in him. And I'm not exaggerating. I, I don't make these stories up. This is absolutely true. I'd get up every day, the first time I saw my dad, and I'd get behind him without him knowing to see if the scar was there. And that's how much it freaked me out. And you know what? Some of you might get freaked out when we talk about God living inside of us. That might freak you out. Or maybe you met somebody freaky that believed that. Listen, it's not weird, but it's absolutely incredible. And I'm going to just show you how everyday life can be walked with the Holy Spirit. And it's just this wonderful, beautiful relationship between God and us. And I like what Jesus said about him in this text. Check this text out. And I'm going to read out of John chapter 16, verses 5 and 6. He said this, But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the 12 disciples. And here's what's happening. He's telling them, I'm going to die, and I'm going to go to heaven, and you're going to be without me. And I don't know about you, but if I walked with Jesus for three plus years, I think I would grieve. I'd be really bumming because this is the Jesus that took a few fish and a few pieces of bread and multiplied it to feed tens of thousands. This is the Jesus that raised people from the dead. This is the Jesus that looked at a horrible storm and said, stop, and it stopped. This is the Jesus that walked on water. This is the Jesus when they couldn't pay their taxes. He said, grab the first fish you see, and they open it, and there's a gold coin in there, and they're able to pay their taxes. This is Jesus that helped them with every problem they ever had. This is God in the flesh, and he said, I'm leaving you. I'd be bumming. But then he goes on to tell them how they're better off to have him leave. And could you imagine if Jesus were with you Could you imagine it being better to have him leave? What could make it better than having Jesus, God in the flesh? Well, he goes on and says this in John 16, 7. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. 
if I do go away, then I will send him to you. We'll find out in chapter 14 in a moment. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. So listen to what he says. He says, I have to die on the cross and ascend into heaven in order to give you the Holy Spirit, who is God the Holy Spirit. And I love what verse 7 says at the beginning. In fact, it is best for you that I go. We could say it this way. We wouldn't change the scripture at all. Jesus said, it's better off to have the Holy Spirit in us than to have God the Son on the outside of us. Now think about how good it was to have Jesus walking with the 12. That was good. That was better than anything you can imagine. But now Jesus said, having the Holy Spirit in you as a Christian is even better than that. And when I hear scriptures like this, the thought comes to my mind is, we have not yet taken full advantage of the Holy Spirit inside of us because it's got to be better than having Jesus walk next to us. So I ask myself the question, what's better about having God in us than God in Jesus' body outside of us? What's, what's better than that? And two things come to mind. The first thing is this. If Jesus were here today and, and God was not in us but he was here, when we dismissed, he could only go home with one family and the rest of us would be without God. We'd have to go through our day without God. That, that would be terrible. So we'd have to be there with him in order to have his help. So all of us would go home godless except one family. But because the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, lives inside of you, every one of us will go home today, and God's going home with us. And we will go through our week with God in us. And that's better than God on the outside, because he can only be in one place at one time when he's confined to a body. Well, then here's the second thing that I think is so exciting. When God's in us, he can change us from the inside out. That's remarkable. When Jesus was on the outside, he could tell the disciples, this is what you should do, this is how you should do it, but he wasn't in there to change them. He, he couldn't produce God fruit inside of them. He couldn't renew their minds. He couldn't give them desires and ability to do things because he was on the outside. But now God's on the inside. And those are two reasons it's so much better when I think about God being in me. So what I want you to remember today that God is in you to help you. If I can make everyone in this room be more aware when you, when you leave here that God's with you, that changes everything. Just like when I came into church as a young boy and I thought, God's here. That changes everything. But you know what? He's with you all the time. He was with you before you arrived here. And for those of you that aren't Christians, man, think about how cool Christianity is. If you give your heart to Jesus, man, God's going to come and live in you, and he lives in you to help you. That's not religion. That's relationship, and that's absolutely cool. Listen to this. John 14, it reads like this, uh, verse 15 and 16. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. I love that phrase, never leave you. And he goes on to say, he is the Holy Spirit. So that's how we know the advocate's the Holy Spirit. He, he says, who leads into all truth. We'll talk about that in a future lesson. The world cannot receive him because uh, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you. See, he was on the outside, the Holy Spirit. But then he goes on and says this, he lives with you now and later will be in you. And now we are the house of the Holy Spirit. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And this is where you see the Trinity and you see God. Jesus is saying, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. 
But he didn't come back. He's in heaven, seated at the right of the Father. But the Holy Spirit's as much God as him, so God is back. And I love the fact he says, I won't leave you orphans. You and I are not without God in this world, and that's exciting to me because no matter what we have to face, God is with us, and God is in us to help us. So we'll just want to make sure you walk out understanding that today. Let me just show you what the word advocate means. Uh, the, the Greek word here is paraglitos, and here's what it means. It means a helper, a rescuer, an aid, an assistant. And that's why Jesus himself said, He's the advocate. He described God the Holy Spirit as the one that helps us, rescues us, comes to our aid. He assists us in every area of our life. And I want to encourage every one of us in this room that if you're hitting any walls and you can't seem to go forward, if you have a ceiling that's stopping you, uh, if there's something you know God wants you to quit that you can't quit or something you, he wants you to do that you can't do, I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit's in you to help you and to assist you. I remember this one time when I was preparing these notes, this story came to me. My son David was in junior high at the time, so it's way back, and uh, we were at our friend's house, Tom and Ruth Prince. They had, we were at their condo up on Lake Erie, and um, they had some jet skis, so we were going to go jet ski riding. Dave was too young to drive, so he wasn't legally allowed to drive, so I told him, I'll drive, and you get on the back, and uh, Tom went into the house to get things ready, and Dave and I are out there on Lake Erie, and... Um, we're just having a blast. I'm a thousand yards out. I mean, we're having so much fun. And I thought I'd give him a bigger thrill being a good dad. And I'm doing these turns and everything. And then him and I went flying off the jet ski. And thankfully, we had life vest on. And so we swam back to the jet ski. And I helped him get up. But then being junior high, he couldn't help me get up. And I couldn't get up on my own. And I'm stranded in Lake Erie. And, and Dave's not allowed to drive. And Mr. Prince is in the condo. And it's tough. And, uh, and, and, and I said to Dave, Dave, I'm going to give you permission to ride this baby back to shore and go get Mr. Prince to help me get up. And so he was really excited. And he did a great job. He got in. He got Mr. Prince. But while I'm waiting for him to get there and for my help to come, uh, the walleye are circling. They're nibbling on my toes. I mean, it was scary. The water, the waves were pretty two, two feet, three feet. I don't know what they were. But it was like I was being waterboarded. Just boom, boom, you know. And it just seemed like a long, long time. And I was tired of dog paddling just to you know, stay up a little higher. And it seemed so helpless. But then Tom came. He got out there quick. And then he reached one strong arm out. And he had me up there in a second. And he rowed me back to shore. And the thought that comes to my mind is all of us have that sinking feeling. All of us have that drowning feeling. All of us have areas of our life where we're just not able to get up on our own. And what I want you to walk out of here never forgetting today is that the Holy Spirit wants to reach that strong arm out and he wants to help you as an advocate do everything you need to do, stop everything you need to stop, be everything God created you to be, and just go on with God and not be condemned, but allow God to help you do some things that you can't do on your own. I stand before you having walked with Jesus for 35 plus years and I say to you, God is an incredible helper. And I say to you, I want you to be encouraged. And if you're here and you don't know God, again, what a great reason to accept Christ. And for all of us that have accepted Christ, here's what I'll tell you. I can't make you. I can't shove it down your throat. Only God can open our eyes up to who Jesus is. And when he does, it's like, oh, 
I see it. And we just say, I accept you as Savior and I'll follow you. That's how simple it is. But I believe God's going to speak to hearts today that don't know Jesus. But I want you to think about tomorrow and I want you to think about this week. Think about tomorrow when you wake up and you begin to go through your day and you begin to face some of the same problems you've faced before this week coming up. I want you to think about those problems beginning to hit you and beginning to beat on you. And I want you to think about some of the failures or some of the fears and anxieties, whatever it might be. But then I want you to think about how cool it would be if you could do just what I did and just believe, hey, God is in there and then just simply whisper a prayer and say, God, I need your help and have the Holy Spirit begin to help you. And I want to give you some homework. I don't want you to go through this week just on your own. I want you to go through this week with those problems hammering you and hitting you. I want you to go through this week saying, you know what? God's in me. He's in me to help me. God lives in me to help me. And I am going to ask God to help me. And God's going to begin to become active in your life at a higher level than he's ever been active. For some of you like me, you've been in this a long time. I just want to encourage you, if you've stopped doing that, keep doing it. Do it at a higher level. And for those of you that are young Christians, I encourage you just to begin to do that simple thing. Say, God, I know you're in me. I need help. And you know what we're going to see in your life? We're going to see you begin to do things you can't do. We're going to see you begin to stop things that God wants you to stop. We're going to see you begin to endure things without those things ruining you and hurting you emotionally, but you being able to overcome. And I ask you a question before I close. Is that exciting or what? God is in us to help us. I mean, that's exciting. So I'm going to help you with your homework. You know, we're going to do a little bit in school, and then you're going to do it at home. Let's close our eyes. Let's look up to heaven. And this is easy homework. As you look up to heaven, take those things that come to your mind that you've struggled with, whatever they are. You need help. You need a strong arm to reach up and pull you out. And just whisper to God, say, hey, I know the Holy Spirit's in me. I need him to help me in this area. Would you do that right now? And it's okay to do it again tomorrow or the next day, but just keep that switch turned on. Thank you, Jesus. Now, can we open our heads and close our eyes just for a moment? I want to speak to anyone that might be visiting today that maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you came in here agnostic. Um, you know, you came in here not sure, you came in here an atheist, maybe you came in, you're another religion, and somebody just asked you to visit. I want to say, I'm so glad you're here. You may need to come back a couple more times and say, I want to come here to the series, but I'm not ready to accept Jesus, but you might be here and you may be ready. Say, Pastor, my heart's touched from the, the communion through the message. I'm ready today to ask Jesus to be my Savior. Heads are bad, eyes are closed. If you're here, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to heaven unless they go through me. But he also said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. If you're here and you say, I'm ready to call on his name, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, would you pray with me? And just let him know, say, hey, I'm receiving you, I'm ready. And everybody else in the room, would you help them out? Simply say this, say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I receive Jesus. And Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I make a decision to follow you. 
Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.